0: Hey guys, just want to give a quick recap of uh, the episode you're about to listen to. So I had my friend Mike Metcalf come over. Uh, Mike is the co-head coach of Chip Ganassi Racing Pit Crew, and uh, he's been in NASCAR for about 13 years after his college football career ended. He needed a, a different outlet for athletics, was recruited to go into NASCAR and uh, him and, and others have changed the whole dynamic and perception of what a pit crew should look like in that sport. He also talks about everything else that he has going on. Never realized how busy he really is, but he uh, he talks about how NASCAR led him to Lululemon as well as Clean Juice. And then from there, he has also started his own company, Deck Leadership, where they go around and give some motivational speeches to Universities, businesses, doesn't matter who, um, but just around their life experiences as well as NASCAR and and you know breaking into that type of, in, into that sport, and then we finish up with just who my, Mike is and what the future holds for him. So it's a good episode. I'm excited about it. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. And sitting down with Mike and uh, special thanks to him for coming over uh, and out of his busy schedule, which you guys will hear about. So listen in and I uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks. Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I'm your host, Ryan DeFavor. I'm here with Mr. Mike Metcalf, the current co-head coach Correct. of Chip Ganassi Racing Pit Crew. Yep. And we're going to talk today about how, Mike, you got into NASCAR. We're also going to talk a little bit about who you are and what else you have going on, but not um, much. much. Not much. On. So, on top of your full-time job of being Pit Crew, mm-hmm. you also... We're an ambassador for Lululemon, but still tied to the family, as you called it. Yep. Clean Juice, an ambassador for them. Yep. You are chairman of Charlotte Rescue Mission, yeah. owner of, co-owner of Deck Leadership, which we'll talk about that as well. Okay. And uh, a father mm-hmm. and a husband. Yeah. So you yeah, have yeah. nothing Those going gonna, on.
1: Those are The last two are the most important ones.
0: See, that's nice. I yeah. like that. As, as a father of my own, uh, yeah, the kids and the wife are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's just get right into it. Okay. I, I want to understand how. This is going to be a really short podcast. I don't have much to say. Oh, yeah. It better <laughs> not be. Uh, how did you. Yep. So you go from running back fullback at App State mm-hmm. playing college football to you're out of football, you've graduated, what are you gonna do next?
1: So I was a finance and banking major. Um and I just initially I was like, you know, I uh I'll go work at Bank of America, right? Charlotte's a big banking town, finance major. There'll be plenty of opportunities. And there were. There were people that I knew actually from high school, Charlotte Christian. Mm-hmm um brad shelby i don't know if been, remember the shelby yeah. family he wanted me to come work for him there was a couple other people i, I kind of had some conversations with and then i think I, I sat down to just think about it one day and then it was just the sitting down part and being like this is what my life's going to look like uh-huh. and i was like absolutely not so i tore my acl twice in college okay. and uh it was There were at times where i felt like i was starting to kind of break through and 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 not just my own personal opinion. I mean, I'm getting it from teammates and coaches, man, you keep this up, you're, you're, you'll are you're be our guy, you know, kind of thing. So um, I never lost that like urge, desire to feel like I, I had a little more in me. So I just, I was like, you know, I'm gonna keep training. And there's a pro day at App State and there's some other kind of workout things coming up. And um, so another high school connection, uh, power relationships, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Robert Walker was the uh, he was a basketball coach um, when I was in on the maybe my tenth grade year he was one of the basketball coaches and so you know I go through college and we were in touch I worked for him during the summer uh, with the Thompson brothers mm-hmm. um, and so he was gonna go into being a sports agent that year this was his first year right when I got to college he was like well you're you up for being my first. Got a sign. I was like, absolutely. Let's, you know. I was like, I can't promise you where I'm gonna make <laughs> yeah, it. Be right, ready for me to make it. But, uh, but yeah. So he hooked me up with a guy named Ben Cook, who had was a strength and conditioning basketball at Chapel Hill came to charlotte to do like private training um with uh i think it was like alan tyson chip sigmund these were guys that had worked with the hornets mm-hmm. and so they were going to do their own private thing so and and they you know come from carolina he had some great connections he's training like julius peppers back in the day steve smith was probably his biggest client um so i started working with him and it wasn't that he wasn't doing a good enough job he just had a lot of free time because he would had these guys for a few hours in the morning and that was kind of it Yeah. So he got hired by Everham Motorsports that year to uh, take over their strength and conditioning program, just to run their pit crews. Because you know this this is probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they would get the mechanics and try to turn them into athletes. You know, for a few hours on the weekend. And then around that time, people were like, well, maybe we do it the other way. Maybe we get athletes and then try to turn them into mechanics yeah. for three hours. So. I uh, I had a workout in Indianapolis, RCA Dome, in front of a bunch of scouts, and I actually did really well. Um, not, like, well enough to go to, to the NFL, but sure. people were, arena, indoor, there's some European leagues that were, you know, I was kind of in conversations with. And then Ben said, when you get back from this combine, once you come up to the race shop, I think you'd be good at, at uh, on our pit crew. And I said, uh what what's that? Pick, <laughs> pick, what's a pick crew? Yeah, right. I was like, is that the oh the people that the the fast people? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Um I don't know anything about racing. He was like, Yeah, that's that's fine. We'll we'll teach you. And uh so I did. I got back from Indy. This was like uh I don't know, o five, summer 05. And went up there maybe around August. And um it took us a while to coordinate it. But he had me do a 40 yard dash and a five ten five and some other movement stuff and running around a car. And then I didn't, I wouldn't find this out till later, but, uh, he just put me through a few different drills, you know, Hey, put the tire on the car. I guess at one point, one of the mechanics walked out and then walked upstairs and was like, I don't know who this kid is, but I've never seen anybody pick up, putting a tire on that quick. And so <laughs> I started January of 06. Okay. And then like five weeks later, we were in Daytona. So I, I I had never so you been went to right I I I got and it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Um I and if I had to to start now where these guys I got some monsters man just some incredible athletes. I mean since I've been at in in racing over the last like 15 years we've had a couple Navy seals, we've had Marines, we've had uh-huh. NFL players like legit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I could compete with these kids now, but and when I got in, I was kind of early on, so one of the the athletes that got in, and so they ended up offering me a job, and I took it. I you know prayed about it, kind of thing, talked to people, and I thought maybe it'd be fun to go play football in Italy, just live up in the like near the Alps, and they had this fun league up there. But uh, I was like, you know, I already kind of know what football's like. Right. Um, it would just be like getting paid to do it. Let's try this racing thing out for a couple of years and then we'll kind of go from there and then that was you know next week's the last race of the season and that'll be my it will be my end of my
0: 13th year so that's crazy because i remember so i worked for robert yep um and i just remember you and the the thompson brothers there during the summer basically mm-hmm.
1: um back out in his warehouse and filling sweatshop. the pallets yeah we yeah, were man. sending well, magazines yeah, we're out muscle. Muscle. yeah yeah you guys yeah, were the so hired muscle
0: but You you brought up a couple things that I want to talk about because I don't think I know it because I know you and I know some other people in NASCAR, but people listening out there, you mentioned a few things. Race teams have strength and conditioning coaches. Uh Uh-huh. Athletes in NASCAR, because there's a perception. If you're not if you're not tied to it and you don't know it, the perception is NASCAR is a bunch of hillbillies. That's right. And like you said, before it used to be the mechanics that worked on the car yeah. were the pit crew, and I and so it's amazing to me to think about the fact that there's an investment now from a race crew that they and not now. I mean, you said 13 years you've been in this thing, but mm-hmm. like they have strength and conditioning coaches, and that you guys are you guys are the everyday athlete that doesn't get any of the glory because you're not the driver but you're yeah. the ones picking up 80 pound tires throwing them over a wall mm-hmm. filling up a gas uh, filling up the gas tank which is 95, yep. Pounds, yep. Full?
1: 95 pounds full yeah. and you're
0: holding it on your shoulder yeah straight up yep and you do that in how fast as a pit stop who if you're about if you can do it in 12 seconds you're rolling 12 seconds yeah. four, tires, four and, tires and gas
1: 18 gallons of gas 12 <laughs> seconds yeah not bad right it's imagine the frustration of when I have to go to shell to film yeah, right, car and up. you're sitting yeah, there, there for like, five God, minutes, I'll just have my stuff from work and I'll be in and out of here in no time
0: so, so how so you're you're recruited into it and yeah. and I also read that now you you were on the forefront of that, you know, being the athlete into it yeah. now it's eighty percent are athletes from the pit crews, man maybe I, more maybe more yeah, I mean
1: it's um. Like, I mean, I mean, to kind of go back to what you said, uh, it's full on strength, conditioning coaches, uh, athletic trainers, um, athletic director that's in charge of that program, part of the, yeah. the race team, um, for most teams, uh, we're kind of like blue collar. So Sean and I kind of wear strength and conditioning, recruiting, coaching, training, film review, uh, a lot of different hats. Um, but we do outsource our strength and conditioning part. So we've got this guy named Jason Lindsay locally. That's a kind of started as a golf coach, but his expertise is rotation. So we've customized our, when I first started, it was just kind of classical strength and conditioning. Well, our groups work out in group, the carriers work out together, the tire changers work out together, the Jackman and gasman work out together and all our stuff's customized to like, everything's asymmetrical it's not like a sport where you're gonna run right and left we're always running around the car the same way my gas can's always on my right side okay um and so part of this workout is to bring some symmetry back just for after you know want to throw a football with your kids 20 years from now so that you're not you know screwed up but also to um so that the right muscles are firing properly um so we've we've dissected it down every movement that you do on a pit stop. And we train for that and build it back up. Our strength and conditioning starts at this top of the year with just walking, starting at the very simple. So we're 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 teaching these guys that have been in NFL, yeah, you know, that been out in uh <laughs> war on uh terrorism and come back and we're like, Yeah, you're gonna learn how to walk. And they're like, really no seriously that's that's what we're doing that's today the first we're thing walking. yeah yeah and just start and kind of build from there uh wednesday we uh we all there's a gym our gym's nice but it's just not huge so yeah. we've got 25 pick guys so there's a crossfit gym across the street so we've got with that head trainer the guy that owns that building massive gym one of the nicest ones in the country vitality fitness until we go there and train on wednesdays thursdays we're back with the uh Kind of the programming that we do on tuesday monday is generally either kind of on your own or if we do it as a group we'll do yoga or swimming just something kind of low impact to kind of debrief from the weekend typically all friday and then we're generally racing saturday sunday so the week to me looks and feels a lot like how it did in in football yeah know? right compete on the weekends and then you kind of reset early you're hitting it hard like tuesday wednesdays are heavy days i mean okay. I, I sleep my ass my wife she's like yeah I have to cook a lot more food on Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> cause I'm just hungry, man, because we've yeah. been moving weight all day, long practices, and um, it's definitely very physical. There's film review. Um, there's just a lot of mental reps, and and like you said, we're kind of below the radar. When when we when you win a race, it's generally like, oh man, that car was just really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, the driver was on it. It's very rarely like, man, the picker guys were awesome today. You know, <laughs> now now we, we lose them every week, right? Yeah, of like, if of course you don't do. win. It was the picker's fault. Of course. That's that's just kind of how that works so literally I was looking at it this morning um, Darlington probably six weeks ago we were we ran up front all day probably top five and um, every stop but the last one now the times are kind of all over the place a yeah. little bit but we managed to anytime we came in with the league we maintained it or if we were like second we would go to first the very last stop we came in first and went out second, our pit stop was 0. 0.51 slower than the person that passed us. And it, it, like, people in the shop wouldn't talk to us. It was like, people, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's wild. 0. 0.5. Like, blink your eyes three times as fast as you can. Fractions of seconds. If you blink your eyes three times as fast as you can, that's 0. 0.6. Our pit stop was actually faster than that. Wow. Right? half a second and that's that's the margins that we're working with
0: what is that like from like a stress perspective just knowing that like when that car pulls in your job is 12 seconds yeah. or less yeah it's um like what's the the adrenaline has to just be going like it does it go the whole race or does it no peak it, it, at... yeah it's
1: like a uh like a ek or whatever is that ekg or whatever yeah. it is sure. like it's flat and then up, yeah. it's like way up and then down so you uh you know, there's about twenty seconds. You know, say your pit stops, twelve, thirteen, right? But then there's like five seconds leading up, and then a couple of seconds after. Where, um, you know, I'll ask guys like, "What what point in that did you take a breath?" <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> what, what was going on like a beyond the car, or did you not? Did you see that big? crazy person behind the stall doing and it's like no you literally you black out for about 15 20 seconds and all the focus is on the That's job I think. You, yeah i don't notice anything it's crazy i had uh, where were we uh yesterday phoenix yeah. um one of the mechanics left uh when you top the car off before the race, like the gas kind of spills out. So mm-hmm. you put rags around the fuel collar. Okay. Just to keep fuel from going all over the place. Well, the mechanic forgot to pull it. And so I go in and plug the can on the very first stop and there's these rags. I can't get the thing in. Oh. So I'm yanking rags out and then have to stuff the car in it. So um but I I, I thought about it afterwards. I was like, I I was doing that with one hand
0: and holding a hundred and just pounds. holding a
1: hundred pound can. With one like but I never even thought about where the can was, what I was doing with it. Was it gonna tip over because I was doing something that I've never practiced? You don't think about any of it. You just you there's a task for you to do and you just lock in and you get it done however you you can.
0: So for anybody listening, if you're not into NASCAR, just watch it because now that you have an idea, like it is an orchestra that you guys are conducting basically, right? Like you talk about you watching you're watching film, so you're watching film to see Mm -hmm. where you guys can improve that. 0.51 0.51 seconds for the next time
1: yeah
0: um i don't think i i've ever appreciated watching a pit crew because you it's the same thing right like you want to watch all right oh god it's a pit stop let's right. go like let's yeah. get the cars back out there but now you talking through it like i didn't realize you got i mean i should have but i didn't realize you guys are watching film i knew you worked out like mm-hmm. i knew you guys had this strength program because just knowing you but um i it, i didn't realize how involved what you guys do on a day to day. Yeah. Like how your week is broken out like that.
1: I've got a helmet camera that I'm wearing. The changers have helmet cameras. There's an overhead camera. So you're, you're looking at it even like right after the, like a point of view. Yeah. Right after the pit stop happens, you get your stuff kind of set back up for yeah. the next stop. Cause your car could come right back down and you just go right to the screen.
0: What's the relationship between the pit crew and the crew chief? Uh,
1: ooh, love hate. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It's uh, it depends. (laughs) You know, and I wish it wasn't this way. Um, there's a few of them that, you know, um, that uh, uh, the the guys that I work with. So like in the Xfinity series, like with that rag, uh, Mm -hmm. it's Mike Shiplett, and he's probably been one of the best crew chiefs in the Xfinity series over the last couple years. One with I think six different drivers, which is insane. And uh, and just he, but he's he's in there in the gym. He's working out at lunch. He's like giving us a hard time. Uh, Matt McCall's the same way. He's crew chief on the one car. Um, these are guys that they will not hesitate to speak their mind and let you know. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I mean, I, uh, I I was in Bristol. It was probably a couple of years ago. I mean, I am. I don't, so there's a pit box that the crew chiefs sit on. Yep, and there's a stair set. That's on the back side of the pit box. And then there's, you know, tires and people and pit crews or support people, mechanics. Anyway, I, I'm gassing the car. It drops. It leaves. I look at it leave maybe two st- stalls away. So we're talking like two, three seconds. Mm-hmm. I turn my head to go to the wall, and he is in like <laughs> in my helmet, <laughs> screaming at me. <laughs> and i was just like whoa how did you get down here so yeah. fast you know like let's you must talk have about jumped. that because maybe you should be on the pick because yeah. you're apparently really fast um and just and he, was, he saw something and it ended up being like okay we we it wasn't quite what he what he saw but um but he was gonna let me know about it and and i'm but i'm okay with that you know yeah. um that's why that's why you get athletes um yeah people that are used to being yelled at through have thick skin and and i think that's where it's gone and i think the more people that are can kind of like just take the heat the better you're going to be you're going to take heat it's just one of those industries we are sean and i say we are you know kind of like from deck leadership mm-hmm. there's billions of success coaches not too many failure coaches we are in the business of failure yeah we, right. we operate on the edge of human possibility every weekend yeah like it's just impossible to be perfect when you're literally like you're redlining you're trying to push those guns that jack that fuel equipment yourself as fast as you can to the
0: limit every time every time
1: and so it you know naturally speaking there's going to be breakdown so um we we like our crew chiefs um sometimes they don't like us but it's all right
0: that's all right uh so you mentioned a couple cars and everything how many so in 12 years yeah how many teams have you worked on uh,
1: four, yeah. So Evernham Motorsports started with Casey Kane and the nine car won a bunch of races that year, like five, six races. So I thought it was easy. Yeah, you know, I used to go to Victory <laughs> Lane and be like, "Winning's easy," yeah. you know, like <laughs> <laughs> suckers. Yeah, and then like didn't win another race after that year for like six years. So, <laughs> um, you got it out early. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fun. Um, it spoiled me. Uh, there to Red Bull Racing for five years. Michael Walsh Racing for two years, and then this will be the fifth year at Ganassi Racing. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, you just keep on bringing things into my questions, which is good. Okay. So that first, so you're in NASCAR, and we're gonna get to more so like how it's progressed from when you started. But yeah, tell me about that feeling of winning, because yeah. right, you're an athlete. You know what it's like to win a football game, right? You know what it's like to win a basketball game. Yeah, what's it like winning a NASCAR race? Right, like
1: yeah, it man, it's is uh, it
0: different or is it still that desolation of like we did it?
1: D- like d- oh yeah, one hundred percent we did it, and it's actually. Uh, so my sister Leah, yep. is a basketball player, right, played at Chapel Hill. She's been in Europe for ten years playing, and um, she was whining to me on a video chat last night about. Uh, they won a french cup game but they're like second division and so the cup is all the divisions in mm-hmm. the and so the likelihood of a second division team winning the entire french cup beating all the, the power teams is unlikely it's doable yeah right. but it's unlikely so um but the next cup game is scheduled like right a few days before christmas which was after when she's supposed to get her christmas break so they're whining about like man we won this first game which means now we're gonna have to cut into our christmas break and i was like leah cry me a river okay you have a one in two chance of winning each week um i'm on one in, i'm one in 40. okay if i could win anything i'll i'm i'm up for it you one know, in like, 40. there's 40 at, cars
0: going a hundred and Eighty miles an hour, yeah. Depending average, on average, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're also in the game of please don't
1: crash. Please don't crash. Please don't. You know. You know. I don't. The it's Maybe the driver said something about another driver's wife. You know. I don't know what all the <laughs> crap they got going on. But you know, people get wrecked randomly, and it's like, man, you put a lot of hard work into this. Yeah. And uh, so it's uh, it's almost um, it's better from the standpoint of when you win a race, you you've earned it yeah like there's no like oh we just got lucky like even if some people wreck and you were running third all day and the top two wreck on the last lap you were there yeah and you you ran well enough to win 500 miles you were the first one to do that like that's an accomplishment regardless of how you happen you know how you get there you can you can have ugly wins i think in you know football all Right. um but but i will say like it's a little bit different in the say that sense of You know, a football game, I I can look back to – it's just – it's different. I can look back and say, man, I had that key first down there. Right, yeah. Or scored this touchdown here. That stand out. Or I made that block here that sprung that receiver for that. And here, it's like, yeah, I put the gas in the car that got us there, but I didn't, like, directly have my, like, footprint, handprint on the win. As much, and I think maybe that's just because of the culture of it, right? Just it's all on the driver in the car. So a lot of times the wins, like you really feel, I mean, I've had wins where a couple of them where people in the organization were like, we would not have won that without you guys. Those are the ones that feel really, really special. Right. Um, I've had some where we, with a picture, we were terrible. And they still it, Yeah, the car was out just out. really fast yeah. and it just, we just won.
0: So it's like, yeah, woo, let's celebrate. And you're like, yeah, I, I really <laughs> would like to just go home right now. I don't, so... When you win, does the celebration happen when you get home? Because so I know how most time, right? Like, and for anybody listening, you guys fly in Friday.
1: Yeah, we um, Friday, Saturday, day before, typically. Yeah. yeah. So and you're not you're not there
0: a- in these cities. Some are cool, some are towns. Yeah. Right. Right. For an extended period of time. No, not
1: long. in uh, and, and after the race, so you win a race, you go to victory lane. Yeah. NASCAR takes your car, um, so you have to strip it down and do a bunch of like post-race uh, debrief kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the plane and go home, and it's right <laughs> back to work Monday morning. So it's kind of, uh, it's literally just like you have that elation for a moment. And the, the biggest moment is when the car crosses the checkered flag. Like mm-hmm. victory lanes, I, I, I would maybe do it differently to make it more like, hey, we should celebrate this. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of fleeting just because the season's long and grueling and you know you have to like okay we won yesterday awesome but uh what about phoenix next week what about texas tomorrow what about well the truck leaves for you know kansas tuesday morning we got to get x y and z done yeah we won but we missed it on this stop because the lug nut did that well that means first thing monday morning we're on a dyno trying something else and so uh you kind of don't really get to think about it long
0: yeah it's like okay good we won right now back into yeah back the routine. to work so so next week when this airs which be sunday that's the last race of the season yeah so then for you is that like you said it's long and grueling is it kind of this uh, it's it's over like yeah kind of shut it off or yeah. is it the end of the season and then you guys are right, still in the gym
1: we were we were like that last year the rule uh rule book came out uh the Monday or Tuesday after the Miami, the last mm-hmm. race, that pit crews would go from six guys to five, that guns would be standardized starting next year. Mm. And so we usually kind of take some time off and we, we really just didn't have that luxury. We had to overhaul the choreography, uh, change rosters, personnel, um figure out, okay, how do you do this with five people instead of, right, instead of six? And so it's really cool. Cause I mean, I've seen times get into the 12s this year where we started last year. You know, if you could do, you wanted to be in like the 11 seconds and you could dip into the tens. And if you were blazing, you could hit like a nine, nine <sighs> with six people. But if you were in the 12s, you, you could live, right. Yeah. You could maintain generally your position well, we started Daytona like 16 was good because everybody had to figure out like how do you do this with five people and just props to our, our industry and just the kind of people that we have you know everything is about efficiency and speed and to be right back down in the 12s again is incredible and with I feel one, like le- one less person one less person yeah yeah so talk about being able to pivot and, and change is it's uh it's really cool to see like uh, the efforts that some of these guys are giving.
0: So in the 12 13 years, so you're talking about just like some rule changes and everything. So 12 13 years you've been a part of NASCAR. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to know because again, the perception a lot of NASCAR is it's a southern sport. Oh, yeah. You know, the pit crews are, you know, the mechanics that were part of it. How is the overall what's it like being a part of nascar 12 years ago to today like what's changed and it doesn't have to be this crazy like boil the ocean type thing maybe nothing's changed but like yeah. is culturally has it changed for you guys i'll tell you what i mean sean and i so
1: i uh, <laughs> i'm black sean's canadian so our uh, our team's really diverse and it's not intentional <laughs> it's just like the people we like to to be around yeah and, right. uh, um but we've we've just like thrived on on diversity. Our teams just definitely probably a lot more colorful than than any other pick apart department in the history of, yeah, <laughs> of really. racing, and it's been great, man. It's been great. So I think just the us having the freedom to do that. What's changed for me is just having more control over my environment, and yeah. so that's been a lot of fun. Um, the this is probably way too technical, but the way the TV contract works now, mm-hmm. the racetracks get a ton of the money. Okay. Whereas, like, in years past, it I think it would maybe either go to the teams, um, different things like that. And so uh, the racetracks have, you know, if you're, if you're making a ton of money as a racetrack, right, like, you don't really need to market a whole lot because that's just going to cut against your bottom line. Right. Um, and then... Why not raise the prices a little bit? Of course, yeah. Because, great if we get it. If not, we're still okay. Yeah. You know? And so the prices have gone up a lot. Um, when I first started, man, it was crazy. You would you would park. It was terrible. I was like, guys, come on, man. Like, why do we? Literally, we're we parking two miles away from the racetrack and walking in. I'm tired before I get here, you know, like really? drop me off, <laughs> drop me off, <laughs> you know you walk two miles into yeah, the... we would park like places like Bristol and Martinsville, and I mean, you'd park a couple miles away just because that was the fastest way to get to get to the airport because if you parked nearby, you're stuck in the traffic. oh man, you'd be locked down for two, three hours, <laughs> and so. <clears throat> Now, I mean, some of these places where we're out, you know, where I would, where we would go 12 years ago that were just slammed, 150,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, seas of RVs and campers, as far as you could see. Now you just you pull in and park right next to it and drive right out. And so okay. um, I know that the TV, they I mean, they wanted a, a TV fan base. Well, so they got it. It's just, it was kind of at the expense of people showing up. So it's just... Yeah. It's just seems like there's a lot less people that's coming to watch racing I mean I think there's some different things that they could do a lot of it's just society I mean people you know if a new mustang i got I got an old Mustang i like I like I like cars okay. um if if a new Mustang came out you know 60s seventies eighties you know it was like cool you would go down and your dad would want to show it to you or you know it was a right. big deal no one cares now If yeah. a new Camry comes out it just looks the same as the last one. And by the way, I'm a millennial, and I just Uber and Lyft and scooter everywhere, so I don't give a crap about cars, right? <laughs> so it's everywhere. like, <laughs> so it's just part of what's changed is like society, yeah. and so like, I mean, I still think racing very much so has a place in 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 the country. Um, I think there are a lot of people that still care about it. They're still passionate. There's still young guys that are coming up that are really talented that mm-hmm. can take the place sport in, in in a new maybe areas
0: that it's not gone before. But it's just. uh it's just different, man. It, you're gonna need to, right? Because your Earnharts and yeah. Stewarts and all those guys are are leaving. They're, Gordon, they're, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of they're seems like over the last probably
1: four years, one big name every one or two big names yeah. every year is gone. They're walking off. away or you know half yep. retirement. Yep.
0: So yep. that's good. It's it's good for the sport for the fact that like you said, these young guys that really want it and that they're coming up and that they're yeah. You that's just have talent. to have that fan base to it is
1: and they're and they're gonna have to go about it differently yeah. you know it's not gonna be hey look at this new camaro it's gonna be like hey i'm doing a pop-up out, you know something at a mall for their instagram followers or something. Yeah. you know it'll, it'll, it's just gonna take creativity and it, it's just a sport that for decades didn't have to be creative like people just showed up just mm-hmm. because it was unique and different and now it's like okay we got it. Cars are going in circles. They're going fast. We understand. We don't necessarily understand, but we know that there's a lot more going into that than just cars going fast. But, like, what else? Yeah. Like, what else is going to draw me in and connect me to this?
0: That's going to uh, – that's up to, the, to NASCAR. The yeah. i yeah. I,
1: I, I throw my my, uh, my two cents in every yeah? now and then. Uh, and generally, people I don't listen to me, so I'm, that's
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> so do, does NASCAR ask, you know, the team's <clears> – <throat> for any advice or yeah there's
1: a this thing called rta and it's uh race team alliance and it's um like executives team owners okay that are getting together and they kind of get thoughts ideas what they want done and kind of (laughs) like just slide the piece of paper over to nascar and say hey we'd like this like a suggestion box yeah and, and and they've done a lot of it um they've tried to work together and uh I, th- I think one thing that they could do is, you know, it's, uh, I was talking to uh, a, a buddy of mine that was with the Vikings and, um, this was last about this time last year and they uh, two years ago, whenever they were trying to figure out what to do with Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. and, uh, the ownership group, they were like, Hey, why aren't we resigning? Like, why don't, why isn't he coming back? Why aren't we like going, like he's our guy is if he's healthy, he's healthy. Yeah. Then he's the man. But, All the metrics, all the numbers, everything that they supported showed that as far as like for the team that they didn't, they needed to move in a different direction. Mm -hmm. But it was this ownership group a little bit misinformed, getting media, getting, you know, just getting information from the media, you know, what they've done in the past. They were trying, they were fighting the team on it. They end up letting it go. They end up going pretty far, you know. Last year, yeah, being pretty good, right? And so it's similar thing to where a lot of times in in sports is crazy, but the ownership groups are often like really misinformed on like what
0: the actual like true day to day needs of are the team. It's crazy, and they're the ones that own it. And, and they, oh, oh absolutely, it. yeah, that's crazy. It's, yeah. Uh, so outside of NASCAR, we mentioned in the beginning, you have you know quite a few things going on. Um, it, it it's interesting to me because I think, again, we're talking perception. How does Lululemon,
1: yeah.
0: How do you get involved in Lululemon? How do you, how are you a pit crew guy, football mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. And again, I think you're, you're, you being a part of it changes the perception of how people look at it. Because what Ryan DeFaber knew of Lululemon was it's yoga pants. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a brand for women. Right. And then I see Mike Metcalf as a Lululemon ambassador. How did that come about?
1: Uh, Relationship, a friend um, who I had met before. He actually dated a girl that worked at Red Bull Racing. And then crossed paths years down the line, and now he's a manager at Lululemon and, uh, influential in like their men's division. And so, um, they have, I mean, you're probably never going to see a billboard on the highway for Lululemon or even a commercial. They would rather, I think I'm a billboard. Okay. So they just get behind people in the community that have influence, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I have any, um, and so, and they also just look at, you know, what markets are they not in or, or who are the people that they would like to identify with, with their brand. And so, um, there's a event at the whitewater center, like a little trail run. And I didn't know it at the time, but I got invited to just running it mm-hmm. And my wife, They're like, Hey, we'll have food and drinks. And you know, we're just going to get a group of guys in the community to just come and do this trail run. It'd be fun. Like not timed or anything like that. I was like, yeah, cool. I'll come show hang out. Well, it ended up being like, that was kind of a pool of people that they were looking to be like, get behind and support as ambassadors. Okay. And so, um, they do this thing where they ask you. It's a big thing. They make a big event, and you know, um, you get like thousands of dollars worth of stuff for free. You get a card that they keep in a vault in the store. They put your <laughs> picture up in the store, like it's so a, people know who you are. Yeah, yeah. So it's a okay. it's a big thing, and um, and I probably would have done a lot more with it had our team not been sponsored by. Um, Ganassi Racing is sponsored by Five Eleven now apparel technical apparel yep. company, and then before that it was C Nine because we had a big Target sponsorship th- during this time, and so, um, but we could wear we could wear whatever kind of black pants we wanted at the racetrack. Okay, so their ABC pants is like the big thing that they're pushing, and they're amazing. Yeah, they don't pay me to say that. They are, they are, <laughs> they are amazing pants. It's like you feel like you got on like just boxers, man. They feel great. So. um Yeah, they, you know, like, man, these are, they're wanting to grow their men's division. Like, there's this whole community here called NASCAR that has hundreds, if not thousands of men that are active, that work out, that sweat. We think our stuff's the best to work out and be active or sweat in. Let's just get behind some people that are in that industry that are known or liked or whatever. And so somehow my name got put in a hat and, uh, and, that, and that's kind of how it started.
0: Yeah. Cause you mentioned it, what market and, and I'm thinking about, I'm like, was it NASCAR market or the Charlotte market? But and you just answered that, you know, it's, yeah. it's, they're wanting to expose their brand to customers that probably would never think of. No. Lululemon. Yeah. Oh God,
1: are you kidding me? Yeah. Na- NASCAR guys. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it,
0: it's a, you know, blue collar, hardworking,
1: working. We're just going to throw on some Wranglers or, yeah, some, right. uh, you know, whatever the uh, shop uniform is or, you know, there's always apparel that's given out. So you should wear that. Right. But outside of that, um, you know, so then it then it started just kind of small with me. And then it's like, hey, why don't we close the store and do a, a shop night for you guys, invite whoever you want just in your industry and come and we'll give them a discount. And, you know, and then went out to dinner the other night and I'm looking around and I'm like, everybody out on the picture, like all the picture guys have Lemon on. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> they got us. That's good. <laughs> but they look great though. You know, they yeah. look good. They feel, look good. Feel they feel good. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a part of it, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's a cool brand. They are always doing like kind of fun, random stuff in the community. Hikes, um, big into, um, like just getting away. Yeah. You know, like a, a, a hike or a cabin or something like that and journaling and setting intentions for the year. Um, big on, like, uh, the mental side of, of life. Okay. Yeah, so I, I I appreciate that about them.
0: That's interesting. I mean, I would have never, if I didn't know you, can we walk down the street and be like, there's... Lululemon and NASCAR, you know the thought oh, yeah, of man. it is There's just a, it's and and, and
1: it's crazy. I mean, I'm, you know, some guys were on it before I was, but I've uh, I used I would stop in, you know, in the store. I mean, I could still I could probably at some point go this week, and they'll be like, "Hey, yeah, some guy from some blah 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 race team stopped in here, said he knew you, and said you I could I could get a hookup." Uh-huh. Like, I I didn't say that, but, of course, but, did be, but they they're really nice, and they, they just know like, hey, that's just a. Like people at this point know that Lululemon supports the, the racing industry. Like we're you know, um I think generally they they were trying to stick to um yoga teachers yep. and you know, CrossFit trainers. And so I think this friend of mine, Kobe, I think had to get like special permission from one of their head men's guys, I think same, it, I know, I think it's it's Robbie Tubijan, it's one of their big time like high up on the men's side and he was just like absolutely the no brainer so That's cool. Yeah.
0: You, we've talked about it this whole episode it, you, you guys are athletes right it's not this yeah. um I'm sponsoring this guy from NASCAR. Oh yeah. John no like this guy's a former football player or a marine or like yeah. these guys are you yeah. guys are legit. Yeah. So that's a good look and in NASCAR you know it better than I do. People are brand loyal in NASCAR. Sure, you got some crazy fans that will only buy whatever their That's racer it. or their That's team <laughs> is a part of. Yeah, so yeah, and which is good and bad. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All it, right, so we talked about Lululemon, NASCAR. I do want to talk about some of the other stuff that you have going on because I think it's important. I want I want you to be able to talk through it real quick. Clean Juice. What is Clean Juice? It's an organic,
1: like health food kind of. Uh, company Mm -hmm. um acai bowls smoothies uh juices cold press juices like little like toe avocado toast stuff like that so it's kind of snack food it i mean it could be a meal you know if if that's your your style yeah um and uh it's uh so the same guy that was at lululemon that got me on there left to help uh, built Clean Juice and okay. was the VP, and so I guess for whatever reason thought that I did a good job doing it on the Little Lemon side. I was like, "Hey, help me, uh, help me with this Clean Juice deal." And so same kind of thing, you know, just free products and uh, just I'm terrible about posting social media. I think we were talking about that <laughs> earlier. You know, I look at I love looking at other people's stuff. I yeah. feel like my life's boring, so I you know I really don't post a whole lot, but. Um, but, uh, but, you know, a good company, uh, faith-based, um, clean products. I mean, part of, um, they're really transparent in in what they make. So you, you see what goes into it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's important that we, I mean, we live in a, an era where everything's completely. Convenient or comfortable yep. and i think food is one of the things we kind of overlook just because you can just get stuff really quick or that's already pre-made pre-packaged yeah pre-wrapped and so uh for me it's good um there's one that's really close to our shop so we're busy all the time and sometimes you know you, you look up and you're like crap i've like missed lunch but being able to just run over there uh was a huge win is a huge win so yeah um just, uh, yeah, a company out in the community, they're trying to grow their brand and um, they just need people. Same thing. They're not at the stage where they're doing commercials or anything like that. But if they see a guy like me walk in there and I go tell a few other people to try it, then that's, you know, it's mm-hmm. worth it for them. So
0: You know, you mentioned that earlier and that it is big on, like, social media now. It is this influencer, you know. Yeah lululemon doesn't do you know the billboards and the commercials right they rely on people like yourself yeah to get that word out there
1: because
0: yep. um, you see it all the time on instagram you, you know and it, it's part of the way that you can make money on instagram is oh yeah you get tied to a company you mm-hmm. do a couple posts a month or a week or whatever they, they need absolutely uh, it's the same thing in podcasting right like mm-hmm. i can get people to come and advertise on this thing where i can read ads for them yeah for basically just to get the product out there and it's it's cheaper than running a commercial it is, um, it is. and you can reach more people it and can, more so, probably yeah. more people that they want to reach right? right like directly right because yeah. you're gonna you're coming on here talking about it but yeah. you're also out in the community yeah. um, you know like you mentioned your team, Everyone then all of a sudden is wearing Lululemon, <laughs> whereas a couple of years ago, no one's wearing Lululemon in NASCAR. Yeah, they're making fun of me for wearing it. Yeah, that. right. Like, yeah, like, again, because I said, perception yeah. for me was they yeah. make women's clothes. Right. Um, all right, so this is I, – I saved this one for the last part of it because I, I think it's um, – from what I saw, it seems like this – and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but deck leadership, mm-hmm. like this is – you and one other guy, Sean. Sean, same,
1: so same guy that coaches. Uh, okay. We're both like I said, co co head coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Co-director. So know, it's you
0: two, and um, I want to spend some time with this because I think it's um, I think it's a cool thing, and it's also like we were chatting beforehand before we we went live of just kind of getting out of our everyday. Yeah. To have some other type of outlet. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, why I started doing the podcast? Yeah. Every day,
1: yeah,
0: day. Eight to five or longer. It's my company, my client, my company, my client. I needed an outlet. So let's talk yeah. about deck leadership. What is deck leadership?
1: Uh, DEC is uh, an acronym for diversity, efficiency, culture, and kindness. And those are the four pillars of what I think are sustainable work. Successful, sustainable work environments. Okay. And it's just and we didn't know it but that's who we've been for the last 10 years. Um we've always tried to Sean is um I think like people used to say he was an atheist like when I first when we first met him. <laughs> he's, he's a little softer in his uh, attacks against religion now. Um, <laughs> but he's from he's from uh Vancouver Island, far west yeah. Vancouver Island. Um player um uh no real like spiritual roots or anything like that. Uh, I'm from the south, black, deep spiritual roots in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Ivy League school, I went to the broads, uh, Appalachian State, and then Boone, you know, the hippie little town. Uh, so like hockey, football, like you literally could not find, literally, like geographically, and then even just like in a lot of things further apart, yeah, like experiences in life, and um. When I first got to Red Bull, um, there were there were 14 guys that were signed. We were, probably, I think, the first group that was going to be just full time pit crew. So before that, it was you had a, a mechanic job, you had a, you, had a um, you know a workout and a practice in the morning, and then in the afternoon you were in the shop, you were in the parts room, you were a mechanic, you were set up your welder whatever. We they Red Bull came in and said, yeah, we're, we don't really need to do that financially. Why don't you guys just pit? Mm-hmm. just be full-time picker athletes. So I'm in this room, 13 guys. We're missing one. They were like, yeah, the Jack man on your group will be in next week. He's, uh, he's, ha- he's getting some dentist work done or something like that, which I, I'd learned at that point, he, had, with the money he was going to make there, uh, made an investment to like get all new teeth. Cause oh, well. from hockey, they were, yeah they're they just bad. all busted. Yeah. It looked like, uh, like his tongue was in prison. Um, <laughs> so, uh, poor guy. Yeah. So, uh, at the very first meeting without him I was like man this is quiet I'm like trying to hold conversations like hey let's go around the room mm-hmm. and like where's everybody from Where are, let's get some names here what teams you work with um, and uh, and I was like man this is gonna be brutal if I'm not having to force all these conversations yeah, right. and then uh, the next week this loud mouth Canadian guy comes in. Hey, what's up guys. What are you retards doing? You know, like, Hey, what are we doing here? Like, let's get some, you know, let's get the music going. Blah, blah, blah. He's just talk. And I'm like, thank God. I don't know who this guy is, but I love him. And, uh, here we are several years later, um, still together. And, uh, we, so all Red Bull, Walter Ganassi, we, we, you guys went up through the whole same, same, same okay. team. Yeah. And,
0: um, and he's still the Jack Man?
1: He so he's full time coaching now. Okay. So I'm kind of play a coach. So when we came to Ganassi, one of us kinda of had to give it up. Yeah. And it was like somebody's gotta go full time on the coaching side and somebody mm-hmm. can still pit. He's older, he's got he's got me by about five years. Okay. So it's like, hey man, you you keep going, I'll I'll do it. So uh always worked well together. And uh so last year, so for years, so we would do these team building things like Toyota, um, back in the day, Red Bull is a Toyota team fly everybody out to like Vegas or California to put on these like team building expositions. Okay. And, uh, we always did really well with them. Um, and then same thing at Waltrip. trip, it wasn't even for Waltrip. trip. It was like for Roush hired us out from there. And so we, we've been able to entertain groups and not, and not just entertain, but like empower and inspire them from anywhere from like five to like 120. And running uh-huh. them through different challenges or presentations, things like that. So, last year, um, we got invited to speak at the NFL Combine, and uh, that was just fortuitous kind of thing. We actually declined initially, or like, I'm not, I'm not going up there and speaking for all those people. Yeah, right. You know, I, I'm not a public speaker. <laughs> Have bad stage fright. I don't like it. Um, but then we thought about it because for years, people were like, "You guys need to do this. Yeah, like, you need to." Whenever you're not done this, you can make a living. I'm telling you, just talking to people or doing team building stuff. And so we threw a presentation together, went up there. I thought we bombed it. I I, I was like, this is bad. Yeah. Like the, I'm, I couldn't wait to get out of that room. <laughs> I'm like gonna just take off running. Massive ovation. It was in. It was for PFATS, which is um. All the like athletic trainers, um, it was operations directors, it was strength and conditioning, it was a performance program, like all kind of people on the administrative and then like performance side of every NFL team was presented. Huge ovation. We were there for probably an hour talking to different people from different teams afterwards. And so still didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Um, connected with some guys from Kansas City. So when we raced out there, we went out a day early just to kind of connect with them. That ended up being a ton of fun. Um one of their guys was actually a huge fan of our team. Was pumped to meet us. Brought in like he's actually number 42, which is our my car yep. number, right? So he brings me his jersey with Metcalf on it, Kansas City. Saw so, I me and that's like, "Oh, that's cool." Like, yeah, and so uh so even from there, and so that relationship's like really well now. I know a lot of people in their uh, organization. A lot of their players just awesome guys. I think they're doing things the right way culturally. And so kind of from then, I mean, it's just been like kind of random stuff to where people said, Hey, would you guys come like just come we have this opening or we're having this conference for our executives. Would you guys come talk? And we not thinking of charging anybody or, yeah, or right. just like, Yeah, we'll you know, if we if you think we can help you, we'll do it. And it's just evolved to where My wife was like, you guys are going to stop giving stuff away for free. (laughs) Eventually, as a business, you need to make money. So we were like, all right, well, then, you know, who are we? And that was uh, a a good friend of ours, uh, Michelle. And we, uh, the three of us just sat down and just started brainstorming. Um, There's a guy named Brad Parsenko here locally, Zebra Leadership. We spent some time with him. He's been awesome. Um, Bruce Rich is a, a big time consultant here. Spent some time with him. And uh, just kind of rolled out some different presentations and some different workout sessions, and uh, we spent most of last off season writing a book. Um, we're oh, going to wow. spend this off season like redoing it, like on our second draft, yeah. and hopefully that's ready soon. But deck leadership essentially is like leadership development and uh, human inspiration, and uh, we feel like um, I was saying earlier, like we just closed on a, a working mill in Lincolnton, thirty-five miles outside the city of Charlotte. Just to provide an opportunity for people to get away, you know, it'll be, you know, we'll do weddings, things Mm -hmm. like that. But really want to have, like, a space for innovation and clarity of thought. Um, Running water, fire, nature, these are all things that have inspired, like, thought. I mean, one of the things that we tell people all the time is that you have to build time for yourself to think. There is no way you're going to be productive or efficient at your job. People sometimes ask me. Mm What is are some of the secrets to like how you do so much? And a lot of it is just unplugging and getting away from it. If you're in it all the time, twenty four seven, there's no way you can actually think about what the next steps are beyond the next steps. Yeah, and so um, deck is is taking off. We're um, potentially going to be doing a tour next year with Progressive to do, uh, like, the series of talks to small business owners. There's some other cool things we're working on. So it's uh, just kind of born out of uh, literally somebody asking us to do something we didn't want to do, but we said yes, <laughs> and uh, we're really glad we I said yes. I was going to yeah. say, and hopefully
0: uh, you got over that fear of public speaking, because it <laughs> no, sounds like I'm you're going to do a lot more but of that. Uh, i still I still get nervous. I do the uh, seeing everybody in their underwear thing works for me. So, I was uh, – when I started this, one of the things that uh, kind of got me over that was, um, like, just talking, right? Like, first time I pressed record, like, I was nervous. I'm, like, sitting in my this room by myself. I'm, like, no one's listening. Like, what are you getting nervous about? Right. But, um And now I can't remember who, who, who I learned this from. But the one – I was listening to somebody, and it was basically, like, just – who cares? Yeah. Just do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you fail at it, big deal. Like, it's right. only you. Like, stop caring so much about what yeah. others think. Right. And so, because I'm the same way, right? Like, I can sit here and have a conversation for hours, but then you put me in a room of people I even know. Right. It can be it could be 20 people from my company that I know, and I have to stand up and like introduce yourself. And it's like they all know me. Like, why do I have to do that? And like the yeah. heart still goes yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And recently, I was just finally just was like, who cares? Just get up and talk, and right. and it it's helped me kind of just get over it. Just that clarity of mind of like, who cares? Right. Stop caring. Yeah. Um. So y- yeah, you're gonna get that, and then you'll get so comfortable at it that you won't even notice anymore. Yeah. I've,
1: I mean, I'm. I've, I've. We've talked from. 10 to thousands, you know, so it's, um, it's definitely, those are two very different experiences, you know, as far as like making eye contact and the intimacy of 10 versus a thousand. But, um, Janie Brown's been great. She's a performance mindset coach up in Toronto. So went through a pro program with her Mm -hmm. and just kind of working on different things about, you know, being aware and adjusting and uh, accepting like where you are, who you are, what you have to say. And, um, Dave Hickman's a friend here locally started, uh, uh, Charlotte one. Okay. And, uh, he, was, he just, said, you know, like no one, no one knows what you're going to say next. <laughs> yeah. You know? So if you miss a line or you forget something like, don't freak out about it. Like they don't know either. So yeah. just, just keep rolling with it. And you know, it's a public speaking is, uh, and Janie's same thing. You know, it's just all about connecting. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you can connect with one person then you connect with 10,000, it's no different. Yeah. And so um, we tell our pit crew guys all the time: fail quickly. You know, if uh, if you miss one lug nut, don't miss the next four. If you miss the right side of the car, let it go, forget it. You know, those are <clears throat> two words that generally don't go together: fail, or, and then quickly. But yeah. if we can be the quickest to overcome our failures, then we can be the most successful. And so just try to take that onto the stage with me. Like, all right, I'm going to butcher some lines. I'm going to forget something because I do it literally every time I've ever been on stage. <laughs> I like leave it and like, you know, people are clapping and I'm like, dang it. I like I forgot the most important thing that I really wanted to say that day. But, um, you know, also being in flow and just knowing that, you know, what you have is good and, and just being confident with it.
0: That's how this is, right? Like, for me, I like keeping it unedited. Basically, when I tell people I'm editing, all I'm doing is putting my intro song in and my outro song. And everything that happens for this period of time, nothing's edited out. So, you know, like, the last episode, this crazy dog was, like, jumping in my lap. And I get a (laughs) text from my buddy. He's like, who the hell was petting the dog? I'm like, it was me. You know what? You know, it's cool. It's, It's part of the conversation. But then also yesterday i'm with my friends and one of them was like i really wish you would have asked bard this when he brought up this in the last episode i really wish you i'm like i'm in the moment man like i don't i i sent you kind of the topics that we want i wanted Mm -hmm. to address but basically over the last hour i've looked at it maybe three or four times because i'd rather just have a guidance yeah but i'd rather just have a conversation now there's going to be things i'm going to look back and be like shoot mike i meant to ask you that and i didn't do it but um Right. Same for you. Do you go up there? Do you have your like topics in front of you or do you kind of just you have it in the head?
1: Lately, I just it's just been in my head. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll rehash it. The last thing I did, um, I think I overprepared and it was supposed to be a big crowd and ended up being really small. Mm -hmm. So I, I had got it so detailed in my head like I had like what row and what number of person over on the seat i was gonna ask a question too but like no one was in that scene so I was like <laughs> dang it but you know if you're supposed to be packed out then somebody for sure would be there and yeah. like, i was gonna dictate this side of the room for this and then this one for that and then when it didn't happen it was it threw me off so all. i had to kind of like adjust on the fly and uh a couple people that know me really well were like hey what was going on there but every, you know if you didn't you know from seeing it hearing right. me talk for the first time, like thought it was great. It would have
0: been the normal.
1: Exactly. So um part of part of uh part of it I think now is just finding that sweet spot sweet spot between not caring too much. Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying. Like what don't care, like it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it who doesn't cares? have to be like the best thing ever. But, you know, preparing enough to where you know your content, to where you don't have to look down and, and reference a bunch of stuff yeah. either. So
0: So where can uh, people go and find deck leadership?
1: DeckLeadership.com, leadership.com d-e-c-k leadership.com um after this i'm gonna go with our web designer and kind of revamp something I, we haven't touched the website in a while yeah um but i mean it's it's fine everything's on there but a lot of like testimonials and stuff that we've done we were at the uh, ohio university symposium ohio university has the number one sports uh, management program post-scholid like master's program okay in the world and so um we presented alongside a GM of Nike, which was crazy, right? Because yeah, that is Wow, like, This is are you you, sh- you guys sure you want us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh but we did well and, yeah. and people loved it. And so it's um we we're, we're gonna be working just kind of grassroots right now. Like we're not really done a ton of with marketing, advertising. Um we've got incredible people that have just literally volunteered to help us grow it. Just because they believe in it, which is really special to Sean and I, yeah. Because um, this is just people donating their talents out of their own free time. Um, it'll it'll be a thing one day. This book's going to be a big project. Um, we've got yeah, like, writing a book's no, you, know, you can't just come. Well, up the content it. like we've got it. We just we're down in the like editing and revisions, <clears throat> and uh, it's gonna it's gonna. Um, there are already a lot of people in a lot of different industries that are waiting for it just because of kind of some of the, the things we've talked about, they've been curious. Cause I mean, like you said, NASCAR, you know, hillbillies, things yeah, yeah. Like that we've got an incredibly diverse team. And, and part of it for me is, is like, I want that. And so I want, guys that were if there's a riot i want people that are going to be like yes i'm going to go join in and then people that are like yeah we need to go down there with guns to stop these suckers and and we're we're all sitting at the same table yeah and we have tough conversations I oh, love i'm it. sure we've got i mean every now and then it's like somebody comes in mike sean you got to get outside right now <laughs> it's like you two gonna come in, to blows in, in the office right now yeah and just being able to sit down and talk about that that's the only way you get together, you know, like people, you know, um, diversity can separate and it, it does cause fear on a lot of occasions, but it can also be the thing that unites you.
0: See, that's, that's, that's what more people should actually think of. But, um, all right. So I want to finish it with, um, first off, I don't think you sleep because from everything we've just talked about, I don't know how I would balance that, but, um, (laughs) I think, in my experience as an athlete a former athlete and still continuing you know I go to the gym I don't I'm not like you I don't work out like you do it's not a part of my everyday I don't but choice but I feel <clears> like <throat> for athletes or you know for us that obviously played in college too, time management that's yeah. one of my I hate when people are like oh, I can multitask you know what it's time management right. really to me like yeah. time management for an athlete yeah being in college balancing all that stuff that's mm-hmm. where really that's helped me in my professional career and i think too for you you yeah. have all this stuff going on but right. you said it earlier you're like it doesn't really yeah as long as i have that right balance it doesn't seem like there's a lot of it's it going on bad. a lot of stuff going on it's not yeah. the bad so what's what's next for mike metcalf what's the future hold for you oh, if you have yeah. a crystal ball
1: crystal ball uh people keep telling me that I'm gonna be in politics one day. Okay. I am fighting that <laughs> I mean, ag- aggressively fighting that. Um, I think author, I think, uh, like public speaker, yeah. um, you know, being able to help executives and, and teams work more efficiently. Uh, Sean's incredibly efficient with everything he does. Uh, I'm like just a little bit behind him, but I still manage to do a, a, a decent job. I think you're right. It is time management. Um, the, uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, people that say they are really good multitaskers, the science on that is like kind of iffy, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're never giving, if you're multitasking, you're not giving something 100%. Right. And so I think we're Sean and I are kind of old school in the sense of like, I think I would rather just not multitask. I think I would just give 100% to something. know it's right. And then move on. Um, and that comes to the E, you know, the, the efficiency part of, of what we do. I mean, think of the frustration that I have in the checkout line at Lowe's or Harris Teeter. <laughs> when, when I know that there's somebody that could be doing something quicker, but, you know, maybe they're they unhappy with their wage or they just had a rough morning. And I'm getting screamed at, okay? Yeah. People will not talk to me. Look me in my eye because I was .51 off of something. Yeah. And then I'm waste, people waste hours of their life on different things. And so... Um, We love to get that meal up and running up in Lincoln Town and and just have like simplicity retreats, um, just kind of like elite workshops where people can get away. Um, I've always thought that (laughs) um, brilliance and, and creativity and the things that really moves and drives human souls and society forward, like it's generally like. You have this eureka moment. It's not while you're in the weeds. Right. It's when you're just having a drink or a cigar with your buddies or just taking a walk or a nap or just sitting on the couch, just hanging out in the shower. So just trying to create those opportunities for people in a world where that's just solely getting suffocated. Yeah. And so um so that's that. I'm I'm on the board of the Charlotte Rescue Mission, uh, doing a lot of work there. Um, I love being able to use what I've learned in the industry over the last 10, 15 years and just with personal experiences to help, you know, bring this board together. And, uh, we're opening up a coffee shop at the Charlotte rescue mission. It's a faith based recovery program for, uh, so it's got two campuses, one's for men another ones for women and children. And it's people that have suffered from, you know, poverty, homelessness, Mm -hmm. addiction, abuse. And, uh, there's, like 120 men on the men's side. I think there's 80 women, I think 25 kids right now. And so building a coffee shop and a bre- breakfast and lunch place. Yeah. Um, a lot of the problem is, is that people that come from these broken backgrounds, um, they can go through a program like ours and rehabilitate, but then nobody will hire them. So this yeah. will be a, a kind of a proven ground for people to come in and get some training certificates, some work experiences, an employer that will vouch form them. Because, you know, it goes back to, like, the Instagram. It's uh, everything. Everything's about credibility now. Yep. You know, somebody that can vouch for you socially. People are going to go to a Yelp review long before they're going to, you know, actually go to something that can actually tell you about the actual product. They're right. just going to listen to what... Uh, Ryan D posted and he said four stars. All right, I'm in. <laughs> it is
0: amazing what the consumer now has. Uh, incredible, the Incredible the power. the voice that we yeah. all as consumers
1: have. Yeah. yeah incredible power. So um, I, I appreciate that kind of work. So it, it, the future to kind of circle back around yeah. it, it may look like being in, in a, a nonprofit kind of space, you know, some kind of charitable act that kind of helps move society a little bit. I feel like I'm, Feel like I've taken a lot from the world, so at some point, hopefully, I can give something back to it. Yeah. Well,
0: I'll tell you in the last hour of talking and, and catching up. Um, if I had to sum up Mike Metcalf and uh, who he is, I would say you're somebody with a servant mentality because what you're doing outside of and even in NASCAR, right? Like the coaching aspect of it, you know, the efficiencies you're working with, and then you dry, drive driving. DAC leadership, and then the rescue mission. And you as a father and a husband, which we didn't even talk about, but it's there, right? Like, oh yeah, oh it's it's there. Yeah, it was
1: got in from Phoenix early this morning. It was it was there this morning. <laughs> Little guy, <laughs> you can't escape it. Old. Yeah, you yeah. Don't care About what I was doing last night, but I mean, uh,
0: well, I'm excited for you, man. I think um, again, it was it was good catching up with you, but just to hear what you're up to and and what's for the future. That uh, it's bright writing a book and all that stuff it's incredible so um like I said I'm excited for you I think you you have a lot to to give like you said you, you okay we've we've taken a lot yeah. Or, but yeah you got a lot to give and that that's a great thing hope so man yeah yeah <laughs> yeah Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, any other things you're involved in that I didn't? I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a biography written about you yet, so I didn't know what else you no, have going on. But no, did we we'll, miss anything?
1: Yeah, we'll save some stuff for the book, and okay. maybe uh, maybe once that's out, we'll come back and do another one.
0: Yeah, we'll bring Sean on. I'd love to have you two. Oh man.
1: Yeah, you're gonna need like a couple hours. <laughs> that
0: that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was yeah. telling uh, Bard. I said we need to just get both his brothers on too. Oh yeah. Because. Yeah. Both, and same thing with you. It yeah. seems like uh, for some reason, all my friends come from this ridiculous athletic family So again, you mentioned your sister plays yeah. professional basketball in Europe for the last ten years, and yeah. you're in NASCAR, and yeah. you got Johnny and mm-hmm. your other sister. I mean, you guys are just athletic families. And the Bards, same thing. Yeah. The, the one, the youngest one, is in pro baseball still. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. come on, have a couple hours. I don't, I don't mind. Okay, look, man. I like doing this, so I'll, I'll have you guys on. So yeah, so good. when the book comes out, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you back on the schedule. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, Thanks. thank you, Mike. Thank you, man. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Adios.